Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Everywhere I go, we're gonna sing 
sing my way back home. I'm gonna sing, sing my weeks ago my cousin called me he's in the navy his roommate is catholic and he said dawn do we presbyterians do confession and i said well there's no line outside of my office nor lucas's with people lined up to come confess to us but we do confession every week together in worship and we do it for two reasons one is because we need forgiveness just as much as the next person And the second reason is we do it together in community to remember that we are all leveled out. We all have sinned. We all, you know, have fallen short of God's God's desire for our lives. And we do it together so that we can hold each other accountable to say, hey, you you gotta let that guilt go. Let that shame go. You gotta live in the freedom and the peace and the love that is gifted to us. In Jesus. So knowing that we are forgiven through Jesus, let us pray. God, you know our hearts. You can read our minds. You know when we're being judgmental or jealous. You know when we selfishly want more for ourselves than we do for others. So we ask God for your forgiveness. Forgive us and help us to forgive one another. Help us to forgive ourselves. Hear us now as we pray silently.
Jesus came so that we might have life and have it abundantly so that we may know forgiveness and live in peace. So beloved, don't just hear this news, receive it. Live and breathe it into your life. You are forgiven. You can be at peace. Thanks be to God. At this time, I invite the families uh, of the, the baptized, those who will be baptized, to come forward. Some of y'all might be wondering, it's like, didn't we just do a baptism? And the truth <laughs> is we did. And we have been doing a lot of baptisms, and it's really joyful because not only is this church growing, but so is the kingdom. And it's a reminder that God calls each and every one of us um, not only to be baptized, but to support the baptism, to, to, to support the baptized. It's hard. It's hard, man. It's a hard Ooh. word. Baptized, baptized. <clears throat> so y'all, this morning, Zach, Parks, Amanda, and Michael present their children, William McCune King, also known as Mac, and Claire Bowles Gunn to receive the sacrament of baptism. Today, we proclaim boldly that they are recipients of the covenant of grace. In baptism, God brings them in to this family of faith and makes them citizens in the kingdom of heaven. In baptizing Claire and Mac together, we are reminded of the community that Christ calls us to build. We are encouraged because at no stage in our lives are we truly separated from Christ and the bonds we have with one another. Mac and Claire, may you always remember that you are not alone. Your parents, your church family, and Christ are with you always. Hear these words of our Lord Jesus Christ as he delivered to his disciples at his resurrection. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have taught you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So by water and the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ, and we are joined in Christ's ministry of love, peace, and justice. So let us remember with joy our own baptisms as we celebrate the sacrament today. Zach Parks. Amanda and Michael, having heard the words of scripture, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and to teach your faith to your child, do you? Do you, members of the congregation, those gathered as witness today, the body of Christ, promise to guide, to support and nurture Mac and Claire through your words and your actions with love and prayer? Will you encourage them to know and follow Christ and empower them to be faithful members of the church? If so, say, we do. Let us pray. Loving God, we know that this life is not always easy. To follow your son, to follow Christ is to die alongside him. To follow Christ is also to be resurrected with him. When the world seems so hard to Claire and Mac, when this church, when their parents, their friends, and family mess up, we give thanks that you, God, do not. 
We give thanks that your presence will not leave them, nor will it leave us. We thank you for this water of baptism. Let it seal your children and welcome them into your kingdom of undeserved love, radical grace, and abundant life. Amen. What is the Christian name of this child? William McCune, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, uphold Mac by your Holy Spirit. Give him the spirit of creativity as he faces the challenges of this world. Give him the spirit of love towards all the strangers and neighbors that he will meet. The spirit of goodness in all that he will do. And the spirit of joy knowing that he is your image bearer, called to shed his uniquely beautiful life, or uni uniquely beautiful light unto the world. Amen. Heavenly Father, in your love you have called us to know you, led us to trust you, and bound our life with yours. Surround this child with your love, protect him from evil, fill him with the Holy Spirit, and receive him into the family of your church, that he may walk with us in the way of Christ and grow in the knowledge of your love. Amen. Amen. What is the Christian name of your child? <laughs> Hi, Claire. I'm going to take you out here just so that people can see you. Can you say hi? Claire Bowles, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, uphold Claire by your Holy Spirit. Give her the spirit of curiosity as she faces issues in this world, the spirit of compassion toward the sick and the lonely, the spirit of positivity in all she will do, and the spirit of joy, knowing that she is your image bearer shining your unique light into this world. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this, this wonderful day and for this family and the friends that are around us. And we ask you, Lord, because life is hard, to, to give us strength as Christians and Jesus followers to be there for Claire, Michael, and Amanda to help guide their lives and Claire's life on this journey into your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Protect and be with us all day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. Claire and Mac have been received into the one holy Catholic church through baptism. God has made them members of the household of God to share with us in the priesthood of all believers. I encourage you after the service to welcome the newly baptized as members of this church and as children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Acts, the first 11 verses. And Acts is kind of the sequel to the Gospel of Luke, where Luke was uh, this author's attempt to tell the story of Jesus. Acts is the same author in his attempt to tell the story of the early church and the way the Holy Spirit works through all sorts of people. So hear now God's word for us today. 
In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, Jesus presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when the disciples had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when we will restore the kingdom of Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the time periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, Jesus was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing up at heaven, and suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. Friends, this is the word of God to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is Dead Birds and Crooked Necks. It was the Greek philosopher Heraclitus who said, the only constant thing in life is change. 2,500 years later, I think he was right. Our lives are filled with transitions. From the tiniest transition of waking up this morning to now being at church. Or the transition from being at a Fireflies baseball game to four and a half hours later being back home. And then there are the larger transitions that we go through. Graduating from school. Getting a job. Maybe losing a job. Getting married and maybe getting divorced being healthy, and then finding out that you are sick. The transition from having an empty nest to choosing to have a baby, and then having an empty nest, and then maybe having a larger kid stick around. The transition to retirement. The transition of having a loved one around, being able to call them, being able to hug them, to love them, to them not being around anymore from being able to send messages to our parents to only being able to read kind comments on their obituary. Y'all, transitions are hard. These uncertain spaces of our lives can be very frightening. The formal term for this space is a liminal space. And it's where the disciples find themselves today. I mean, they've been together with Jesus, having a good time, They are firsthand witnesses to the resurrection, and they're prepared for Jesus to restore the kingdom of Israel. That's what they ask him. They say, are we ready to get this show on the road? And their imaginations are probably concocting scenes of Jesus cruising through Jerusalem, 
and, and just smiting all the people who stand in his way. Maybe Jesus is going to get revenge on the people who nailed him to the cross. And they might even be thinking about the cushy bureaucratic positions that they're going to get as apostles. I mean, once they retake and restore Jerusalem, someone has to lead. So no longer will they have to be afraid of the Roman Empire or have to walk to those God-forsaken towns in Samaria. All the healings and that dirty work on the ground, that's going to be someone else's job. They're going to be moving up the ranks in a nice, nice uh, house in the walled city with access to King Jesus' ear. I mean, they've earned it after all. How disappointed must they have been when Jesus said, actually, peace, I'm out. If I were a musical producer, which I'm not, unfortunately, I think I'd have Jesus sing that old John Denver song, I'm leaving on a jet plane, and I don't know if I'll be back again. Or if you're like me and you're a bit of a Lord of the Rings nerd, I think of the last movie when at the very end, Frodo says goodbye to his friends and he hops aboard a boat. I mean, after all they had been through, I don't tear up that much, but that scene, makes, that scene gets me. Transitions are hard. And the disciples love Jesus. I think that's evident. And love makes it really really hard to say goodbye. Think about the love we have for those that we lose. The love we have when we are forced to say goodbye. I think of folks who in this community just this week lost parents and grandparents. I think of the thousands of parents who have had to bury their children far too young because of opioids and suicide. I think of the families and communities in the Middle East right now who are losing loved ones to missile fire and militarism. I think of our brothers and sisters in India and Brazil who are facing daily deaths in the thousands due to COVID-19. Loss is loss. It sucks. There's no easy way to put it. And the disciples, once again, are navigating the loss of their leader. And in this loss, I'm stuck with this image of them all gazing up towards heaven, staring up as Jesus goes up into the clouds. And I wonder, how long did they stare? I mean, are we talking a few seconds, minutes? maybe even a half an hour? For those who know grief, mourning, and loss all too well, y'all know that staring at heaven, that longing for someone to return lasts a lot longer than that. Were they crying? Was it silent? Did their necks hurt? I mean, y'all, I was looking at the fireworks last night and my neck hurt after like five minutes. Or think about getting stuck in the front row of a movie theater and having to look up. It's not comfortable. What was happening in their heads as they gazed up into heaven? Because the Greek word isn't just that they looked. It's that they, they stared intently. It shares the same root as to grasp, to be fixed upon. It's like nothing could keep their eyes from looking at God. 
And then the audacity of these robed men to come out of nowhere and say, what you looking at? What are we looking at? Like, what are we looking at? We're looking at God who just ascended into heaven. Something amazing just happened, and they want to sit with it. But these messengers are experts in tough love. In real tough love. It's like in one sweeping motion, they point at the sky and say, y'all, that isn't important anymore. And they slowly bring their hand down to earth. And they say this, this is your ministry now. Or in Jesus' own words, you, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. I was sitting in my office earlier this week, working on this sermon, actually. The, the music of John Prine was serenading through my office, and then, boom, a loud bang scared the bejeebus out of me. It sounded like someone had thrown a brick at my window. And I look out, and I see these small white feathers blowing in the breeze. And the concrete below was this little convulsing starling bird gasping for life. Y'all, I don't know birds, but I could tell this bird was in trouble. So I did the only thing I knew how to do. I closed my eyes and I said a little prayer for the bird. I thank God for, for this bird's life, for the songs that it sang, for the seeds that it spread, for just the life it lived. And when I opened my eyes, I kid you not, a red-tailed hawk was scooping it up and taking it away for breakfast. Pretty cool. It was an avian ascension of sorts. Now, y'all, I can't love that bird anymore. Not that I really loved it all that much. Our only interaction was when it hit my window pane at pretty fast speeds. That bird is a part of the circle of life, and it might return to me as it usually does through bird poop on my car windshield right after I get out of the car wash. That's how it always happens. But I say this because it's really hard to tangibly love those who leave us. We can't go back and relive the past. The disciples can't go back and read the Torah with Jesus anymore. They couldn't get him his cup of morning coffee that he so desperately needed before he could do any healings. And they couldn't be his caretaker, his shoulder to cry on when Jesus was just exhausted with the pains of the world. The disciples love Jesus. We know that. And frankly, it's not that hard to love Jesus. It's not difficult to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I love him. I got up and did it at summer camp. Frankly, I like the attention, and I got a free coloring book, too. It's easy to say, I love Jesus. But it's really hard to love those whom Jesus loved. It's easy to be like the disciples looking up towards heaven with our eyes fixed upon something beyond this world. It's far more difficult to look around 
to look around at those who so desperately need love, who so desperately need to be cared for, who are longing for dignity and respect. As difficult of a transition as it was to watch Jesus' body leave, the good news is that God's spirit resides. This major transition is actually not an exodus or an um, exit of Jesus' physical incarnation on earth. His incarnation, his presence in the flesh never left. Just like his presence and love never leave us no matter what transitions we are facing. Rather, the change we see in this text is the change of just who Jesus' physical incarnation is. Who is it that carries his message of care, of hope, of love to the world? Who shall be the body of Christ in this world filled with transitions, filled with change? Who shall it be? Y'all, I'm looking at it. Thanks be to God. Amen. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I falling on my ear The Son of God disclosed And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own and the joy we share as we tell another as ever.
Through the voice of woe, his voice to me is calling. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me. And the joy we share, we tarry there, none other has ever known. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever Let us pray. God, for dead birds and crooked necks, we give you thanks. We stare up toward heaven, we strain our necks to see, and we get confused, making sense of where and how you are with us, Jesus. We stare at the comments of obituaries, we stare at pictures of loved ones in yearbooks past. We stare at objects that resurface our memory. And we know, we know you are with us. You are with us in the day-to-day -day mundane things. You are with us in the expressions of new life and joy. You are with us when we suffer. So we ask, oh God, that you would keep changing our position to look for you all around us, above us, yes, around us, yes, beneath us, yes, within us, yes. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain so I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged 
so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me for the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear So I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a on a hill far away stood an old rugged crown. The emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old crown where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was. So I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophy that last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. For the benediction, I just want to make one quick announcement. Tomorrow, Downtown Church is hosting a COVID vaccine from 9 to 12 here. It's the Pfizer vaccine, so anyone 12 and over is welcome to come. No appointment needed. We'd love to see you here. Hear these words from St. Teresa of Avia. She says, Christ has no body on earth but ours. No hands but ours. No feet but ours. Our eyes are which that he needs to see the world. Our hands are that which he needs to do good. Y'all, don't let our necks get crooked. Rather, let's get our feet a little bit dirty, our hands a little bit callous, and our hearts a little bit more full. And go out into the world and love God and love people. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds until we meet again. Go in peace.